Welcome, everyone, to Core Values, an official podcast of Broken Arrow Schools on the AeroVision Network. I'm your host, Adam J. Foreman, and with me today, I have some special guests. We have Chuck Perry, the Associate Superintendent of Student Services. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we have Carla Dias, the Associate Superintendent of Instructional Services. Welcome, Carla. Thank you. Okay, before we go any further, I'm going to grab each one of you and have you give me like a 90-second spiel about who you are, what you do in the district, and your history with the district. So we're going to start with Chuck first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a 1987 grad of Broken Arrow, and um, I started my teaching career back in 92. And uh, Teaching what? Teaching world geography, um, in-school suspension, and physical education. There you go. And taught that and was the boys' uh, head soccer coach. And, oh, gosh, that's been over 30 years ago now. I don't I believe was, it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did that. Left the district for a little bit, came back, and had the opportunity to be a assistant superintendent, associate superintendent now, over athletics, fine arts, um, whatever uh, we the want you to do. Student activities, right? <laughs> uh, the performing arts center, and a little bit of everything else along the way. Well, and and for those listeners, he's also mm-hmm. a coach for the district. No, I'm sorry, state winning soccer team last year boys yeah for team, so. for a short period of time on that. At, at the very end but i mean no. pinch hitter but wrong sport <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a good time and it was great connecting with the kids again so closely you know oh. feel separated at times but also like say my wife was 87 grad here my, all right we got two lifers my, my parents graduated here in 1950 my oh brother my. in 70 and my sister in 75 so this is this is You're what is called a legacy. I guess so. A legacy. I guess so. I'm just proud proud of it. Well, we're glad you're here. All right, Carlo, tell me about you a little bit. Tell okay. the listeners about you. I know all about you. All right. I don't know. Do you? Do I? I, I might know. be surprised. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm a lifelong educator. Um, I'm from Colorado originally, so that's where I started my teaching career, moved to Oklahoma. I started off actually as a volunteer at one of our elementary sites, and mid-year they needed a teacher, so I got hired at Wolf Creek in Broken Arrow. Taught there, was the assistant principal there, was the assistant principal at a couple other schools, a building principal, director, and now I'm the associate superintendent over instruction. I think when I met you, you were at Arrow Springs. That's right. Is that correct? That was my first principal job. Wow. So yeah. I've been in the district. This is my 23rd year. How about that? I have three high school graduates from BA schools. Very nice. So, yeah. It's a great place to be. I interviewed some people yesterday in a podcast, and everybody that talked, every school they'd been at is no longer around. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's like, you're the school killers yeah. in this group. Yeah. It was so funny. So let's talk about National Merit Semifinalists. So this is a, a national program, and BA always has a, a wonderful representation. Did we have nine this year? Is that correct? That is correct. We have nine and two commended, and we are super proud of that. What we, does commended mean? Commended means they didn't quite make the cut for a semifinalist, but they are still going to qualify. They're in like the, I can't tell you the exact percentage, but they're in the upper percentage. So it's they, a huge they went the, well. the scholarships. Race. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And this is all based on SAT. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And so these kids have been working hard the past, well, since they started really elementary school, we really attribute it to foundational skills from elementary, middle, and high school. Dr. Vincent's goal has been to make our curriculum robust. And now we are seeing the fruits of our labor. Well, there's such a a varied group of kids, too. It's not just like, here's your typical kids that are going to be this. Like, every time I've met them and talked to them, wide range of fine arts involvement, academic, athletic. It's incredible. It is. It is. They're very, um, just very articulate kids. You can tell that they've dedicated themselves to their academic careers uh, when they speak. And um, it makes you proud 
to just be connected with them in some way because they're shining lights and we know they'll do great further in their careers. Oh, too. yeah. yeah. You have a very great radio voice, by the way. Oh, it's yeah. very, it's good. It's great. Not that you don't have one, Carla, okay, but it, it's, it's like it's so, you know, it's got that bass in it. Soothing. Really yes, yeah, soothing, if you will. So they're, you know, they're nine out of 3,000 plus kids on this campus, which is Correct. phenomenal. Speaking of campus sizes, there's been lots of discussion lately about a possible eighth grade center. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know it's in the very, very, very early stages, but what would be the advantages of having something like that in Broken Arrow? Well, we've looked at um, you know various places to place a six middle school, and through those discussions over the last couple of years, we've uh, you know looked at and done some research on eighth grade centers and how that would impact our district. Um, one of the first advantages would be that the sixth and seventh grade. Uh, sites now you wouldn't have to redistrict those at all oh huge bonus there huge bonus because (laughs) for all those parents listening (laughs) that is that that's something that's very upsetting to families it seems uh, like but uh, also academically that transition between the eighth and ninth grade year is a very crucial a lot of research out there on uh, long-term success and uh, obtaining a high school diploma based upon your eighth grade year and having that um I guess continuity and um, kind of pulling our our resources together too for those eighth graders would be a, a, a advantage there. Uh, we also look at our athletics and fine arts and um, our activities across the district and the elimination of a lot of those shuttles that were trying to get kids bust all over the district from five different middle schools is a real challenge with the amount of square miles we have in the district, so that would eliminate. Uh, a lot of those shuttles. Well, I can't imagine who who has to figure out those schedules. My gosh, they oh, yeah. deserve an Oscar. Someone medal smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a, a lot of good things, and we're uh, you know, looking to it now. And again, you know, financially, as school districts are strapped across the state, and we're looking at uh, different ways to you know save money uh, instead of trying to duplicate again five different resources five different sites, we're able to pull those things together. And uh, I think it'll be a, a good thing for our district. Well, and Carla, you and I had talked about like the maturity level, the difference between a sixth grader and an eighth grader. Like talk about that even when, and, 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 as it relates to education, as it relates to social emotional learning, that kind of thing. Absolutely. As we've been visiting with the middle school teachers, they love the idea. Um, because when you have a sixth grader come in, they're basically 11 years old. A lot of them right. still figuring out the transition from elementary to middle school, missing recess, class parties. And then by the time they're in eighth grade, they're that, you know, pre-high school, they're looking at college, you know, career opportunities. So we're looking to our pathways. Um, how can we help our eighth graders be more focused so when they get into ninth grade, they have a clear focus on those pathways and in that maturity level. I also told my guests that I had the other day that mid- they were all middle school teachers, mm-hmm. too. And I said, you all deserve a special place oh, in heaven. absolutely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because middle schoolers are unique. Unique children. They're fun to teach, though. They're very moldable, yeah. Uh, yeah. the students. And what's funny, I can remember, I was thinking about this the other day, um, barely remember when we moved from the junior high concept to the middle school concept, um, when Dr. Oliver did that. Uh, had to be late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. And uh, just, you know, thinking about that, that was a new way of doing things. So I, I do want to be innovative and cutting edge. So where was the junior high in this district? Well, there were several of them. Um, I remember 
like my sister went to Sequoia, and it was seventh through ninth oh, during okay. that time. Period. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Wow. Learned something new. Elementary is you know through the sixth grade. I knew Dr. Oliver was crucial to the development of our middle schools, which was a huge success. He's like crucial to my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's such yeah. an amazing human yeah. being. So uh, coming up real soon is the teacher of the year process. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, we span across the district and each school site nominates a teacher of the year for their site. And then they all compete. Well, I don't like to say the word compete. That sounds like a race. They are all in the running for district teacher of the year. How does that process work every year? What goes into that? Well, it's very organic because it starts at the site level. Um, teachers lead the committees. They talk about like you know what we want out of our teachers, what that teacher looks like, and then the staff nominates the teachers. It's all staff. So driven. it's all peer it's reviewed. All peer, wow. Yes, and then they get down to like finalists, and then each site votes on their finalists. It's a huge honor. Most of the schools do some type of special celebration within their site, and then we have the announcement day um, mid October. And then our community. So those are coming up. Yes. Like very soon. Actually, our sites right now are voting voting on that teacher of the year. Okay. They're in the middle of it. Well, our current district teacher of the year is Michelle McCarver from Rosewood Elementary. She is incredible. Mm -hmm. She is special. She's one of those people that can just step up to a mic and not even blink. I wish I had that ability. I do not. (laughs) Not as good as Ms. McCarver does. And my my fine arts heart that is out in me is loves the fact that she's a music Mm -hmm. teacher. Absolutely. And the district teacher of the year because a lot of times fine arts doesn't rise to that occasion. Correct. Not that there are not any better or best, but I, just, I, have a, I have a soft spot for fine arts teachers. But So that process will be in a couple of weeks. Correct. And then we'll announce all the site winners, and they have an opportunity to do a, a personal interview with a committee. They have a portfolio they complete, um, and then we'll announce it at the big uh, Teacher, teacher of the Year Gala in usually April. April, yes. yes. And then the winner of the District Teacher of the Year goes on to Oklahoma State Teacher of the Year, correct? Correct. correct. But they, the state did change that process a little bit this year, so any teacher can apply for it. But no way. Correct, yes. Interesting. But then our teach, the one that we've, you know, in, uh, voted for will be the one that represents our district. Well, i got to say, when I was at the District Teacher of the Year announcement this year when Michelle won, um, Two former Oklahoma Teachers of the Year, Kay Long and Kay, uh, not Kay, yeah, it's Kay Webb. No, Linda Webb. Linda, Linda Webb, Webb and Kay Webb Long. And Long mm-hmm. They immediately gravitated her and said, you need anything. We were here for you. They support each other it's for awesome. years. Um, yes. It's a kin, kinship that really just is, is. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, and all the Teachers of the Year that come back mm-hmm. every year, yeah. just an incredible group of people. And, of course, we had a... National Teacher of the Year mm-hmm. finalist a couple of years yes. ago, so we, we aren't playing around. No, we know what we're doing. We have great teachers. If we, if we, we could have more than one per year, we would. We have amazing we teachers. We should. So a lot of teachers do what we call professional development. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents see this on calendars. They see it, you know, PD days. And some people don't understand what is professional development. What What is it, and why is it important for our teachers? So let's talk a little bit about that. Let me start. Either okay. one. I'll just love the volleyball. Either Mr. Perry one. and I are looking at each other. <laughs> Basically, it can look anyway. Professional development is an opportunity for a person, whether it's a teacher or whatever, to grow professionally. Um, just like you want your doctor to stay up on the up-to-date research methods. We want I certainly the same for do, yeah. Correct. And that's what we always talk about. Even though we all went through our college and have our, our certification, we can continue to learn and improve, as our kids do. So it's just a great opportunity for them to learn and improve. Um we did a survey of all of our teachers last spring to see how they wanted to receive professional development, when they would want to receive it. And a lot of the feedback we got, we received was they want it on that distance learning Mondays. 
What a great segue, because I was going to ask about distance learning Mondays. You know, a lot of parents hear the word distance learning and they scream and they run, especially when I'm saying it over a phone call mm-hmm. to them. And what, how important is that distance learning Monday for that once a month for those teachers to get together? Oh, it's, it's essential. Um, that's their opportunity to grow professionally. In the morning is dedicated to the instruction side for our students. Um, and then the afternoons dedicated to the professional development, which also includes PLCs, which are professional learning communities. So it may look like a small group of teachers working together, maybe a district driven initiative, um, but they are receiving professional development all afternoon. And even Mr. Perry's teams are doing the same. They are. And it's, I, I kind of look at it even as a coach, you, you're not, uh, as a teacher, we don't want teachers to lay out their lesson plans for the entire year and have to have the students adapt to those lesson plans. We want uh, teachers to meet the needs of the kids where they're at and bring them along and get them to the end uh, where they should be. And that gives teachers some time to reflect, to collaborate with other teachers, finding out what's successful in their classroom. And we don't want teachers in silos. And that uh, gives us uh, a great opportunity to to share because that's what so much of education is about. Well, and if you think about it, teachers don't really see each other that much during the school day because right. they're all in their classrooms and teaching. Mm-hmm. So that time to be together is pretty essential for their mm-hmm. for their collaborative nature. Absolutely. And yeah, we've received great feedback. They really enjoy it. And, and the students enjoy the time, too. And it also assists us with keeping our students in practice of distance learning um, so that when... We Just do have in to transition. Correct. You have to call one of our snow days. Yes. They they remember the the practices and procedures. And we were well aware to the late start Wednesdays. Uh, we heard that very clearly from our parents. That I was, was a, a burden during late start Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. It was a burden. It was hard them. to remember sometimes. Yes. So because <laughs> my kid would be sleeping, I'd be like, "Do I need to wake her up? What day mm-hmm. is this?" Yeah, so I get that. And that's the uh, the distance learning Mondays replace that late start Wednesdays. Which, you know, you guys got that feedback, which is incredible because yep. you never know until you ask. Right. So speaking of, of curriculum and, and teachers and all the stuff, Chuck, you're over the sports programs in the district. And let's talk about how that interacts with curriculum because there's lots of programs aimed towards the sports kids, like uh, sports media, sports medicine, the trainers that are part of the, the football teams and the other teams. How important is that for that academia to come together with the curriculum side, with the athletic side? I think it's great. And as Dr. Vinson has laid out the project pathways, we really want to expand that a lot into um, the medical field with our student trainers and athletic trainers and um, grow that program and give them some opportunities to earn some scholarships in college along with careers in that field. Um, I think with the sports media, kids are getting some opportunities now through AeroVision that, um, you know, it'd take a major job with a, um, a major media company to get the, uh, the, the wisdom and um, just skill set that's been passed along to them. Um, I, I just love this opportunity for kids and, you know, as a whole, not only athletics and fine arts, it's very evident that kids that are plugged into these types of things are more successful in school. It's one of the biggest indicators research wise that um, students are less likely to get involved in drugs and alcohol. Teen pregnancy rates go down when kids get involved in that um, success later on in college is actually tied to being uh, engage in something in high school. So we, well, we're proud of that. You think about all the state-of-the-art equipment they have that 
we didn't have when we were in their oh. age group, you know. Yeah. I went to Claremore, so we barely had, like, you know, a bell that rang during the day. But you think about, like, the studio we're sitting in. My gosh, unbelievable what they have already at their fingertips. I bet some universities do not have this kind of advantage in the electronics and technology. I would I would totally agree. And that's, you know, that's been an advantage of, um, you know, staying one high school is that we're able to, again, take those dollars and um, instead of trying to spread them out over several sites, we're able to pull it in together and give all kids these opportunities. Well, I wasn't going to go down that trail of splitting <laughs> high school. Very polarizing. Yeah. You might as well have a whole podcast about redistricting and see how, how fun exactly. it becomes. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're nearing the end. See, this wasn't that long. No. Wasn't that, wasn't that crazy? So I'm going to do a pop quiz with Uh-oh. you all. Okay. You, don't, you don't know what, what the questions are, but I do. And uh, we'll just test your knowledge of Broken Arrow. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, no. I'm gonna, we have a life for next week. <laughs> he has an advantage. So if he loses, <laughs> you get to gloat right. for the yeah. rest of your life. Okay, so then you guys can both give me an answer or, or discuss it between yourselves. I don't know. Okay. What year was BA Schools founded? 1904. 1912. 1904 it is. Yeah. I hope they put a little ding, ding, ding in there. I'll tell Greg to do that afterwards. All right. What year? Okay, hold on. Let me let me back up. We're getting ready to celebrate our twenty thousand student enrolled mm-hmm. in probably the next school year, which we've we've talked about before on this podcast and plans for that. But what year was the ten thousandth student oh. enrolled in BA schools? This may just be a huge guessing game. He definitely has an advantage, I, but I feel like we talked about this nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen seventy nine. Wow. In our PACESE, we have a picture of Dr. Oliver pinning That's right. the 10,000 right. kid. I don't know. I should have asked you, what was the name of the kid who was pinned? <laughs> All right, this is one that we, we talked about, too, and, and maybe you remember. What is the name of the first superintendent oh. of Broken Arrow Schools? I have no clue, mm. but Chuck should know because he went and looked at the picture. I did. Um, it's not hollow ball. You're you're yeah. on the right uh, consonant. You're 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 getting there. I cannot think of his name. It is Horton G W ah, Horton. That's right. Yes. All right. In square miles, how big is Broken Arrow School District? One hundred twenty-eight. One hundred seventeen. One hundred and fifteen square miles. Oh, I got wow, one. she's I, closer. I, if, if it was Prices Right, you would you would win, or would you both lose? You can't go over, right? I haven't seen that show in so long. All right, so here here's the final quiz, the final one. BA school district is bordered by five area school districts. Name those five school districts. Coweta, Catoosa, Bixby, TPS, Union. That's it. That's the five. Uh, that's five. Oh, yes. Wow. Union, Tulsa, Catoosa, Coweta, and Bixby. Hey. I had to really go look that up, too, because I thought, <laughs> wait, is, is, is mm-hmm. no, there's no Rogers County part right there except for Catoosa. Yeah. I always forget about Catoosa. Yeah. People don't realize how far the district goes out on that north side. Yeah, because yeah, it's Street. also a whole other mm-hmm. zip code. Yes. And people don't realize how many zip codes. I should have mm-hmm. put that in here, too, because we've looked at so much mm-hmm. data over yeah. the past year. We mm-hmm. probably could recite those in our sleep. Well, that is that's the quiz. You, I'd, awesome. I'd say you yeah. won uh, something. What do we win? Uh, high five for me later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a terrible consolation prize. But before we close, I always give people a little a uh, little finisher ninety second. Anything that you want the listener to know going forward about the district or just anything in general. Broken uh, Arrow. I'll Sorry, give a Chuck. shout out 
to our uh, softball team for winning regionals last night and uh, Jinx right. Southern into the state championship um, with uh, Coach King leading the program. Uh, Coach Bullen's got volleyball headed next week into regionals. Uh, our football team, um, we're ready to roll and, and finish out with wins for the rest of the year, um, regular season, and at the very worst, uh, take that second place in the district and get that first-round game at home. Um, our drama program is uh, headed in the next couple of weeks for regionals and state for one act, and uh, the Pride is going headed to St. Louis in two weeks to uh, compete for the regionals there and on to the Grand Nationals in Indianapolis in November. Which they didn't get to do last and year, That correct. is correct. That is correct. So uh, a lot of great things happening yeah. across the district, cross-country regionals coming up. Um, it's just uh, it's a good time to be a BA Tiger. Absolutely. What about you, Carla? Well, we have a lot going on instructionally, but I think some of the things we're most proud of are, our, you know, we have our four pre-Ks, four ECCs, standalone sites. We have our 16 elementaries, our five middle schools. But what's really exciting is the last year is we've opened up our, um, we have BAFA, our freshman academy. But then we've also provided those learning opportunities for our high school kiddos that are available off the main campus. We have early college high school, our Vanguard Academy open this year, um, Options Academy. So we are, we're, we're providing a lot of opportunities for different types of learners who want different types of learning environments. Um, our teachers are just doing an amazing job and we're just knocking it out of the park. Which, once again, stuff that never existed when we were right. in that age group. So, just Agreed. just fantastic. Well, that uh, is all the time we have. Oh, do you have one more? Please. I did. I was just going uh, <laughs> uh, to talk away. about our student activities uh, program mm-hmm. at Dry Gulch uh, last weekend. Uh, Christian oh, Wellborn. Leadership born, retreat, yeah, right? Leadership retreat for our students at the high school. And uh, we started out with about 90 students five or six years ago. And... We had uh, 270 or more this past weekend, and they learned um, skills about how, you know what it means to be a BA Tiger and uh, how you can lead and make an impact on your classmates and the, and the kids around you and uh, make an impact on your school that's bigger than yourself. So I feel like I should go to that. It's, like I'd probably be super beneficial. It's a it can be a life changing weekend for a lot of kids. I imagine, and, and it's open to everybody. And teachers, mm-hmm. they yes. love it too. They yeah. come back and share. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Chuck. Thank uh, you, Carla, for, for uh, joining us on Core Values. I'm Adam Foreman, and we will see you all next time. Good job. Thank you.